Welcome back for episode five of The Spirit of Haggard. Listeners, we have picked up so much momentum, and I am excited again as your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, to be here today to talk more about internship opportunities at Haggard. So we've got a couple of tremendous guests with us today. I want to jump right in because I know they have so much to share about their own journeys and about the opportunities that they have experienced with Haggard. And really, the magic of this podcast has been getting to know each of our guests as part of the Haggard family. So I'm excited to introduce today Dr. Nimet Brown, who works in medicine and Dr. Cole Sandow, who works here at Haggard in surgery. So let's start with you, Dr. Brown. I, uh, I love to give our listeners really a little bit of your, your background. So we'll ask you to bring us up to speed on where you came from, how you got here, and what that journey has, uh, has looked like for you. Great. Thanks, Jody. So I have kind of an international background. My mom is Turkish and my dad is Australian. Uh, and I was actually born in Turkey and lived there till I was six. We then moved to the U.S. and we moved to a house across the street from a hunter-jumper barn. And ever since that day, I decided I wanted to not only ride horses forever, but also potentially be a veterinarian. So I did start riding horses. I rode show jumpers as a competitively as a kid, then went to undergrad, at which point my dad said, you know, you can choose to be a professional rider or you can choose to go to school. I chose riding. He said that was the wrong answer. And so I went to vet school. I applied three times and on my third time got into University of Tennessee in Knoxville. I went to do a private practice internship in Illinois and then did a residency at Virginia Tech. Awesome. I love that. So you applied to vet school three times, and through that process, did you experience, like, did you have the opportunity to uh, have internships in that in those times and, and add to your experience then building your resume to get into vet school? Yeah, so that's a good question. Well, I chose to spend some time working in the human medicine field in the research setting so that I could sort of boost an area of my resume that was not animal involved. I had worked at clinics my whole life. I had done other things animal related, so I wanted to sort of add to a different place in my resume. So I actually worked at Vanderbilt University doing some research, and that was really fun and exciting. And then finally on my third time applying, got in, which was really exciting. And in the meantime, Dr. Brown, do you also have a master's degree in public health? Correct. So during vet school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, much like many students. And so I wanted to sort of broaden my horizons a little bit. And actually, it wasn't during vet school. It was during my residency. So I wanted to broaden my horizons a little bit and decided that I would do a master's in public health. I was really interested in uh, infectious disease and even more specifically, those infectious diseases diseases that get transferred from animals to people. And that sort of opened up a lot of uh, opportunities for me in the veterinary field. 
Wow. I can only imagine. I think we could probably talk about that at length, but uh, I will be interested in how that has served you in the time then that you've been here at Haggard. So I think that's really interesting. Thank you. So jumping over, Dr. Sandow, tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, where you came from. Did you have an equine background? How did you end up here at Haggard? So, yeah, that's a great question and uh, definitely excited to, to tell you about that. So I'm from Louisiana. Actually, students and interns, when they come, they always have such in-depth background with horses, and, and I certainly did not. I actually didn't get around horses till I was in high school. Spent some time with an equine veterinarian, and I just got hooked on it. Bugged as many vets as I could in Louisiana, spending time with them on the weekends, and, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then ever since then, just never look back. Awesome. I love that. And so I wanted to, you know, just clarify that for our listeners, because this is and has been so focused on students and those folks that have an interest in equine veterinary medicine, Lexington, Kentucky. And we get a lot of those questions about, I didn't grow up around horses, or I didn't, you know, have those kinds of experiences. So I think that's really important for our listeners to hear. Um, So I appreciate that from both of you. Now, the other thing I want to touch on as it relates to your experiences is can you each tell us then how long you've been at Haggard and the fact that you're both board certified. So expand on that a little bit, your board certification and how long you've been here. So I had sort of a roundabout route because I did my residency at Virginia Tech and was boarded or became board certified in internal medicine while I was there. And then I chose to come to Haggard as a medicine fellow for a year, sort of to expand my horizons and get a little bit more experience than I had during my residency. And then I left for almost three years and then came back about four years ago to be part of the medicine department here at Haggard. Okay, fantastic. I think because you're both what we would consider early career, right? Really in the scheme of things, you're, you're very early career. And so I think that's important for our listeners, you know, to kind of hear where you are and, and how you've gotten here. Go ahead, Dr. Sandow. Yeah, so for me, actually, and kind of in light of the, you know, students or people that might be considering doing an internship, for me, when I started vet school, it was something I never thought I would want to do and was actually pretty far on the list of something I was interested in doing until one veterinarian I spent time with really laid it out in a way that made sense. He had obviously been a veterinarian for about 30 years and the way that veterinary school has changed, you know, it's still four years, but the information that you have to go through is quite a bit more. Also, back then, they didn't have interns or residents, so those students at that time were doing a lot more hands-on things. And he laid it out to me that the chance to do an internship, you can get a lot of experience in a short amount of time, especially at a place like Haggard with the caseload that we have. And that really turned the light bulb on for me that I wanted to pursue an internship. So uh, once I finished vet school in 2013 from LSU, I came here and did a surgery internship, finished that up and went back to the racetrack in Louisiana. I had the opportunity to come back and actually do a medicine fellowship as well. Went back to Louisiana, did a surgery residency um, as well as a master's with that and had the opportunity to come back to Haggard as a surgeon. So kind of a lot of back and forth, but happy to be back here. 
I would say. So you love to drive between Louisiana and central Kentucky. You're or fly. Or fly, right? <laughs> One or the other. And so you mentioned also that you have a master's degree as well. So really between the two of you, there are a lot of letters behind your name. You have been back here at Haggard for four years, right? And Dr. Sandow, how long have you been a surgeon now? Uh, surgeon here for four years. For four years. So both very similar. And again, I like for our listeners to understand that when it comes down to it, you have a, a lot of experience and a lot of education, but this is still early career, you know? So you are really part of the the changes and the evolution of the Haggard brand and where it's going as it continues to evolve with industry changes and for the next generation of veterinarians that is continuing to come up and you know how we respond to changes in time and species and and what's going on. So I think that uh, is just really important and it speaks a lot to what I call your heart and hustle of uh, of your story here at Haggard. So let's jump in then and talk specifically today about internships and kind of dig into that process, what the structure is and maybe what some of the differences are between, you know, we talk about medicine and we're talking about surgery, certainly from the, your two perspectives today. So we'll start with surgery. What is involved in the surgery internship? So we've got listeners that are like, well, I might be interested in a career in veterinary medicine, really interested in surgery. Walk us through the surgery internship. Sure. So the surgery internship is is really a great opportunity to see a tremendous amount of cases in a short amount of time, um, especially as an intern. The cases vary depending on the time of year where in the breeding season or early spring, February, there'll be a lot of dystocias or emergency wise, there'll be a lot of dystocias and colics. And especially in this area, you'll get to see a tremendous amount of those that you otherwise wouldn't see elsewhere, um, which is pretty unique to this central Kentucky. And we'll also do a lot of evaluations on young horses during that time, with it being foals as they're developing for confirmation exams. Also, radiographing yearlings to get them prepared or see if there's any issues we need to address for later in their yearling year as they're intended to be sold. And that will carry on later in the spring with us doing a lot of corrective surgeries to correct angular limb deformities or arthroscopies to clean up joints to prepare those horses for their later career. As the year goes on, um, we'll transition into sale season, which is what we're in the tail end of now. So there'll be a tremendous amount more of uh, radiographs and sale evaluations. And throughout the year, we'll have several evaluations on lameness, certainly a lot of imaging, and just gives gives an intern a good overall view of all things surgery and lameness related and imaging. I'd say that's probably the, the big things they'll get exposed to. Okay. How long does that internship normally last? So we have two internships. Um, there's a year-long internship as well as a 17-month internship. Most of the 17-month interns would be graduates from vet schools across the world, not so much the United States graduates, just based on when they graduate and when they're available to come. And that internship is really unique in that they'll get to spend two breeding seasons with us and they, um, you know, get just twice as much out of it. Um, It can be a really good stepping stone for those that are wanting to pursue residencies in surgery down the road. 
Okay, fantastic. So you have an, a one-year option and a 17-month option, and that 17-month option is really geared toward our international students. Generally, it is. Okay, fantastic. And so, you know, there's always going to be the question, what does a day in the life of an intern look like? Now, we all chuckle. They can't see us, but we're, we're chuckling with one another because there's no day that is repeated, probably ever. But talk to us a little bit about answering that question for a potential intern in surgery. Sure. So the the internship, the way it works, they get to rotate through with each of the surgeons. And each surgeon is geared a little bit more in certain areas than others. So they would get exposed to various things. And certainly one day can be very different than the next. But typically their day will start out taking care of any inpatients they have, doing their evaluations, and then updating the surgeon on the case. And we'll alternate certain days, you know, having as many surgeons as we do, we all can operate on the same day. So during their rotation, they'll have one day in surgery and then a day of farm calls. Um, so it gives them a chance to get out of the hospital, drive around and see some of the beautiful farms and landscape that Central Kentucky has to offer to really mix things up. So a typical surgery day, um, like I said, they come in, look at their patients, radiograph any patients prior to surgery, and then scrub in in surgery and assist with whatever procedures we have going on during the day. Okay. And so you mentioned the number of surgeons, right? So this is, I mean, we're talking about Haggard here. We're running 24-7 most of the year. How many surgeons are on the team? I'd have to double check to be honest. <laughs> that, that chain, right. But I want to, uh, I believe we have, yeah, seven surgeons. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, about seven surgeons. I have to double check on that one. That in, that's, yeah. yeah, Dr. Brown says that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. Yeah, seven surgeons, yeah. And so that intern is going to have the experience of working with each of those seven surgeons and getting some different areas of specialties, right? So I think that's worth noting, you know, so the, uh, the ideal idea of the specialization that occurs here at Haggard, I think, but that opportunity to see such a wide variety of cases, to your point. Yeah, and the, and the other great thing getting to rotate with so many different surgeons is you see different ways to approach the same condition or the same problem. So it gives you a really well-rounded approach to the same condition. Um, so you can pick and choose what works best for you or, oh, I really like the way this surgeon did that. And it gets you exposed not only to one surgeon, but seven, where that makes this surgery internship very unique compared to other practices where we have so many surgeons to rotate with. Okay. That's fantastic. And, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about surgery. You're not off the hook yet. Okay. But I do want to jump over here to Dr. Brown and talk about medicine. So I think one of the first questions that our listeners would have would be the definition between internship and fellowship. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great question and uh, one that a lot of people have, so I'll do my best to explain. So initially when our medicine fellowship was started, um, we thought it would be a great opportunity for people who had already completed an internship to then pursue specialized training in internal medicine at Haggard or a hospital that's as busy as Haggard. But in the last couple years, we've sort of changed our minds a little bit and maybe broadened our horizons and thought, 
this is also a really unique opportunity for students coming right out of vet school. And so we have started uh, an, a medicine internship as well. And that internship is created specifically for those students that have just graduated from vet school that have not completed an internship already. And so now we have spots available for both students who've completed an internship prior to applying as well as new graduates. Okay. And so those new graduates would be applying for an internship and those that have completed a previous internship would be applying to the fellowship. Correct. And although they are called different things, they are essentially the same position once they arrive. They're just sort of labeled a little bit differently, but the experience once you get here is exactly the same. Okay. So my next question (laughs) will be, walk us through that experience. Yeah. So similar to the surgery internship, I think what's really unique about Haggard and the medicine service here is the caseload that we have to offer. So we live in a really unique place in the country. There are thousands of thoroughbred broodmares Um, and stallions around. And so what that results in is a very hectic breeding season, a very busy breeding season where we see hundreds of neonatal foals every year. That's really unique to practice in central Kentucky and something that an internal medicine service isn't always able to provide in terms of learning opportunity. And so that six months of the year, maybe four or five months of the year from sort of January 1st to June is very busy in terms of handling those neonates. And then the rest of the year, we continue that sort of busy caseload, which um, changes a little bit in terms of what types of cases we see, but it sort of translates into a very busy full year round service for us. Okay, fantastic. So you um, have been both been through internships in the past, and let's give our audience just a little bit of the flavor from each of you to encourage them to come here to Haggard, right? So they, they are listening eagerly. There's oftentimes some apprehension to come to central Kentucky, to come to a big practice. So give us the talk that you have probably given once or, or 10,000 times to an intern who may be um, trying to decide. Yeah, so for me anyway, as a student, I'm a pretty introverted and shy person. Um, so the I don't believe that. Pro- well, <laughs> we hide it. But the, the prospect of trying to come to a big practice or a big name like Haggard, you know, didn't sound like something I would be able to do. But the, the great part of it is, and certainly for me as an extern and then as an intern coming here, is that the surgeons really want to teach you and provide what they've gathered. Haggard's obviously an old practice, been around since 1876, and there's a lot of information that's been passed down from veterinarians um, career to career, which has a tremendous amount of collective knowledge that you really can't compare anywhere else. And for me, you know, coming here as a surgery intern, one of the great things that I've noticed compared to say an internship in you know a smaller practice or university that really made the surgery internship special to me anyway was the number of intern mates that you have and it gives you that that friend group you know a lot of these people are coming far away from home I certainly did or that was far to me I'd never been out of Louisiana before um, and we've got interns that have come from all over the world so they certainly have come from further away but that downtime you have when you're not working to have that close group that you can spend time with really makes this for all the other reasons veterinary related that this internship is so unique I think that downtime and that chance to have a group of people that you can spend time with that's always there really sets it apart in a special way. And that's one thing, of all the things I liked about it, I think that's one thing I enjoyed the most. 
Wonderful. I love that we are covering the people side of it in addition to, you know, obviously the educational side of it. But one thing that you did mention that I like to point out is that as an intern, you did actually have a little bit of downtime. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and, and you make time for it. Yes. You know? And, um, you know, the this is also unique. We have, you know, various housing options and there's some on-site housing. So that, that gives a chance for you know, get to learn how to barbecue from some of my fellow intern mates. When I was an intern, apparently I did it wrong. The American style versus South American, we don't do it right. So oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Um, I did get reprimanded a few times okay. by my intern mates for charring the meat, which they weren't happy about. But <laughs> it just, it, it gives it a really, really unique um feel coming here. Yes. And so, and my guess is that those are lifelong relationships that have been established. And, you know, so that network that you built as an intern extends certainly beyond the gates of Haggard Equine Medical. Absolutely. You know, it's people you can call up on if you have an interesting case or get to check up on. And those people, you know, they're all have done really well. And I think that's one thing this internship allows for people is to do really well. You know, there's so many connections and not only everywhere in the country, but across the world and have intern mates that are, you know, in Australia, South America, Europe, all over. And it's so great to, you know, hear from them and catch up with them. And it's like you said, it's lifelong relationships. I love that. Now, you mentioned interesting case. I can't let that pass by without maybe digging in and saying, is there a standout case from your time as a Haggard intern that you, that makes you laugh or, you know, just that you were real nervous about? Is there a particular case that you can... Yeah, there's certainly quite a few that would come to mind. I'd say one of the the most interesting things, only because I hadn't seen them before, was dystocias. You know, define it's a very, that for our listeners. So, um, during the breeding season, as these mares are getting ready to foal, or during the foaling process, if the foal's not coming out normally, they'll come into us to get the foal out, deliver a live foal, which is obviously the goal. So it's really any difficult birth. Any difficult birth would be be a dystocia. And you'll and here in the area we're in, it's just so unique to get to see so many of them. And like I said, being in Louisiana, we just never got to be around them. But it's a very um, interesting time because there's a lot that's gone into that. You know, picking the stallion that that mare is going to go to, getting that mare in foal, having her carry that foal to term, and then when it's time to actually see what you got, you know, you have a problem. And then they come to us to fix that problem. And they can be very exciting. A lot has to happen really fast. And it's it's um, something that really stood out to me. You know, various ways to get the foal out. I and mean, a lot of those techniques were developed here to do that, especially Dr. Paul Thorpe came up with a lot of the ways to, to get those foals out. Um, and that's something that has transpired and been adopted by practices all over the world as the way to do it. And that was something that was created here at Haggard. Awesome. And and that really does speak to, you know, the history, the standard of excellence here and the opportunity to continue to not only learn, but contribute to tomorrow's equine veterinary medicine. So that's that's fantastic. I always like to ask about the interesting cases. So let's jump back over and talk a little bit about medicine again, uh, Dr. Brown. So tell us, maybe we'll start there with you, is give us an interesting case that, that you you may uh, like to share with our listeners. 
Okay, I think that the cool thing about Haggard is the number of cases that you get to see and the number of cases that have good outcomes. So for me, one of the really cool things, so I did my medicine fellowship here and I did it after my residency and I felt like I was sort of at the culmination of how smart I would ever be after taking boards. And so I came here thinking that I knew a lot about a lot of things and I still got here and saw cases that I had never seen before and saw cases that I thought would never make it and they did make it thanks to the medicine team here and not just the doctors but the support staff that we have is so amazing Um, and so for me similar to the surgery department and their dystocias we are on the other end of the dystocias so we once the foal is pulled out by the surgeon we are there to help assist the foal and provide any resuscitation that's needed and then provide the aftercare for that neonate and in vet school you're sort of taught like dystocias don't make it like this is not a scenario that is good and 90 percent of them don't survive and so coming here our um i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but a lot of ours make it right and some of that and a lot of that i guess is due to the vicinity of the farms. So they are highly trained staff at the farms that know exactly when to bring these horses, mares into the hospital for a dystocia. They're here within 15, 20 minutes. Our surgeons work so hard to get those foals out really quickly. And most of the time do get them out alive and then we're there to resuscitate and continue treatment for them. And to see so many positive outcomes with neonates as a medicine fellow, I was just really blown away at how amazing that worked here. Um, And it's not something that I was exposed to anywhere else during an internship or even my residency because it's just a different environment here. Um, So I think for me, the neonates, that's the reason I became a medicine specialist was to work with baby horses. And to see so many thrive and do well was just really cool for me. And it's still like the highlight of my job. Yes, I I love that. And I will also say, I remember uh, the first, time that I experienced foaling season, the spring season really in central Kentucky, being able to be on farm some. And the fact that during these potentially difficult or oftentimes many foalings, the truck and trailer is parked and ready and started. And that it's ready to go. And I just remember being like, wow, they're not expecting any problems, but they are fully prepared. And that mare will be in the hospital within minutes. My other, I love medicine. And I think it's partly because you all have those double doors back there with windows so that I can (laughs) peer in during the spring season. And I am just in awe of what occurs behind those double doors during spring when you have that many foals. So take us through a day in the life, specifically spring season? Well, spring season is crazy in a very good way. Uh, We see over 300 foals a year now. Um, And uh, so in a, gosh, I think we have 13 stalls in our ICU and we have about five, what we call extra stalls um, around the hospital that we can put uh, neonates in. Um, Typically all 18 of those stalls are full with mares and foals. And the foals are very critical, but in a lot of cases, because the mares may have come in as dystocias or colics or some other reason, sometimes the mare is equally sick. And so, 
that leads to sort of 36 patients in 18 stalls. And so it's quite hectic. Our medicine fellows work uh, really hard to um, provide treatments for those cases, doing diagnostics on those cases, helping the medicine doctors round over those cases. And then our support staff works endlessly to provide the best care possible. They are constantly cleaning foals, helping them get up, helping them nurse, helping them sort of learn how to be a foal again in some situations where they've got neonatal maladjustment syndrome. Um, And so as a team, we work really hard to get those foals from being sort of bedridden in many ways to up and and nursing on their own. And uh, there's always tears and there's always smiles associated with the wins we get and then sometimes some of the sadder parts of our job. But it truly is a team effort. And I think everyone works really hard to get these mares and foals and and geldings and stallions in the door and then out the other side. We tend to focus on the neonates because we see so many of them, but we see a handful of other horses too, uh, including sport horses and, and other things. But it truly is a pretty remarkable thing that is accomplished up there. The only downside is our oxygen um, sort of lines in our ICU can get really loud and it's a very loud screeching noise when the foals or mares are stepping on them. And so when you walk into ICU, there is this characteristic screeching that is heard. And then typically one or more of the medicine doctors is yelling at uh, you know one another to, to get off the oxygen line or, or something similar as by the end of the season, that noise can get pretty uh irritating. <laughs> well, you know, always the good with the bad. And we do. We, we talk a lot about the spring season. Well, for our listeners, because I always like to make sure that we are clarifying anything that may be a new term, but can you explain how we define neonate? Yeah, so that's a good question. And I actually am not 100% sure because there are sort of different definitions for it. I guess for me, I would consider anything less than two weeks to be a neonate. Some people do carry that term up to a month of age. So I think anywhere in that zero to 30 days is probably fine. We tend to get a lot of foals into the clinic during that sort of zero to 48, 72 hour period of time. Because if something's going to go wrong, it is typically during the first couple days of life. Although Certainly there are things that can go wrong after that. And we see a large number of foals, of older foals too, sort of as the breeding season progresses. And then this time of year, so um, October, the fall, we do see a lot of the older foals come in either with their mare or after being weaned for things like diarrhea or pneumonia um, or other sort of various illnesses. Good. That was my next question was we talk about spring. So um, let's, you know, and that's intense and it is a little bit crazy, but the rest of the year then brings different opportunities. And so as you go through the full season of medicine, what are some of the other highlights, Dr. Brown? Yeah, so it's pretty cool because we get to sort of watch these babies grow up. And as such, they sort of go through their like waves of illnesses. Um, And so certainly the neonatal illnesses we see. And then as they get older, they get pneumonia, they get diarrheas. And uh, and so we sort of see them at all life stages. We also see horses coming from the sales. So colics from the sales. We are also really lucky to be right across from the horse park. And so during the late spring, summer, 
summer and fall, there are a lot of sport horse events there, hunter-jumper events, eventers, three-day eventing, dressage, so a lot of different sport horse fields. And those horses come here for their sort of medical problems, either through surgery for catastrophic injuries or to medicine for colics. Um, And we're really lucky to get that population from the horse park because it's sort of a different group of horses. And then certainly like later into the year, into the winter, we do slow down quite a bit, but we do get a lot of sort of late-term pregnant mares and problems associated with late-term pregnancy, a lot of high-risk mares that are here because they've had issues during pregnancy. And that sort of brings us back into the breeding season um, as that starts in January. Okay. So that takes us through a calendar year of uh, the the basics. The basics. The basics. Um, I think overall we see the most cases between February and May, but certainly the summer months have stayed busy for us. And then starting in the fall, we sort of Uh, taper off a little bit and uh, our caseload is it gets really interesting because we no longer see the normal stuff but we see very atypical stuff in the fall and winter which keeps us on our toes which is really fun good good that answers a lot of our what and uh, when when we talk about both surgery and medicine internships and fellowships there let's talk a little bit about who so who should apply for a surgery internship and who should apply for a medicine internship let's clarify that for our listeners just a little bit more so dr sandow talk a little bit about who you're going to encourage to apply for a surgery internship sure so for me initially i did not want to do an internship as i was a veterinary student i think it was not until year three maybe a vet school that I decided, you know, yeah, this would be a a good idea. And the thing that really clicked for me is the internship's a great way to get a lot of experience or hands-on experience that you otherwise may not get in vet school just because of how veterinary school has changed. Now, you know, 30 years ago, the students were the interns and residents. Well, now there's a bunch of interns and residents and the students are are lower down on some of those opportunities. The other thing was the internship here specifically with the caseload, it's a chance to get, you know, three years of experience in one year. So that was really appealing to get get that experience and also have great mentorship from all the surgeons here from their years of experience to really bolster your education going forward. And then, you know, kind of back to the who on it, our interns, you know, typically are are wanting to go on and do surgery residencies, but the internship necessarily in, in surgery can also prepare interns or those students or those who's for other careers as well. You know, whether it be racetrack medicine or you know, sports medicine or lameness or imaging directed field and also anesthesia. The interns are pretty heavily involved in anesthesia and there's been some interns that have gone on to do anesthesia residencies after this internship also. So it it gives you a pretty good window into, you know, kind of that performance or surgery or anesthesia or imaging fields after this. Okay, great. I, that's really insightful. I think that's, you know, that's exciting to share with, with our listeners. We oftentimes don't think about some of those specialties like anesthesia. And, and again, that's, that's a tremendous opportunity in high demand in our, in oh, our industry, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, good. And so, Dr. Brown, the who for you and who, who you're going to encourage to apply into medicine. 
So for me, I actually, back in the day, uh, in the dark ages, when I was in vet school, they had, there was this thing called opportunities in equine practice. It was a chance for a lot of students to come to Central Kentucky and meet some people within the practices in Central Kentucky, but also a lot of people that were in other practices around the country. And it was a really cool opportunity for me to get to see some of the practices here as well as uh, some of the practices elsewhere. And I came here as a, similar to Dr. Sandow, an introverted vet student and was like, there is no way they will want me at these practices in central Kentucky. And I was immediately scared off and thought like there was like, I just need to apply elsewhere. And so I did. So I applied to an internship in private practice. It was a very small practice in Illinois and I loved every minute of it. We worked really hard. There were two interns and I realized during that internship that I never wanted to do surgery ever again. (laughs) And so it sort of cemented my decision to do an internal medicine residency. And then after finishing that, I came back to do this fellowship. And so I sort of relay that story because I think after going through the fellowship and going through sort of my path in life, I now am on the other side and I get to mentor these uh, fellows and interns that we have. And I think it's a really unique opportunity for anyone that's interested. There are some pretty amazing doctors that work here, both in the medicine department as well as surgery and the field practice that we all work very closely together. The fellows and interns have a really great opportunity to learn from. It is a really diverse practice. Uh, The medicine department, you know, we call it medicine, but we see a lot of the post-op colics that come up from surgery. We see some cellulitis, we see some laminitis cases. And so I think our department really can set up someone to go into general practice and to get a really good broad base, even if they don't want to specialize after their internship or fellowship. I think it's a great thing to do after a residency, as I did, because it really increased the case uh, cases I was exposed to and really took me from a very junior medicine doctor feeling very overwhelmed by going into practice to then, after the end of a year, thinking, like, I may have a shot of doing this on my own. And so that was really great for me. And then looking at our interns and fellows, I think one of the really cool things is to just watch them grow as veterinarians. And so they come in here either as new grads or already completed one internship. And by the time they leave here, they are just either so excited about internal medicine and equine practice in general, or the other happens, right? They come in here to do a medicine fellowship and they decide, you know what, internal medicine isn't for me, but I love equine practice and I've got this great base underneath me and I can go out and conquer the world. May it be in surgery or in general practice or in reproduction or any aspect aspect of veterinary practice. I think it's really cool because they get exposed to so many things that they can then make their own choice in life. We, you know, really strive on providing that kind of mentorship and helping them get to where they want to be. So I think anyone who wants to be an equine practitioner and wants just a little bit more clinical experience under their belt would be just amazing to have here in our team. I love that. You know, and you you brought up so many great points, but I'm going to first start with, you know, we focus today a lot on medicine and surgery. And 
we also know there's an internship opportunity here for field care. So from each of your perspectives, maybe a little bit of what's the difference between saying, I want to come to Haggard and do a surgery internship or a medicine internship versus a field care internship. Do you have some insights into that? Yeah, so the um, the field care internship, most of those interns are, are, are for the field care internship would spend their time on the road. You know, they'll have a senior ambulatory or field veterinarian that kind of mentors them along. They'll spend time, you know, early on following them at farms until they get the kind of the understanding or the flow of how things work. And then we'll go out on their own and support at the farm, either, you know, different treatments for mares or foals, new foal exams, some lameness exams. Um, certainly, we communicate a lot with them in surgery with some of the field care interns. If they have questions about cases or any procedure they want to watch, they also do spend time in each department rotating through surgery and medicine. It can give them a, a very well-rounded experience with the field care internship. But that field or rotating internship is a real critical part of the opportunities here at Haggard as well. Dr. Brown, comments from a medicine perspective versus field care? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that all of the internship opportunities at this practice are awesome. They're just a little bit like different from each other in that, you know, we see the field internship as sort of geared towards those who want to work in uh, general practice and want maybe a, a little bit extra training in full medicine, reproductive medicine, sport horse. Medicine is really geared in my mind towards uh, in hospital care. We are really lucky in central Kentucky that the farm calls I go on are really internal medicine farm calls. So they're really not general practice farm calls. I do quite a bit of farm calls, but they're they're usually rechecks on my cases or to do specific pre- procedures in the field uh, because a, a field veterinarian uh, asked me to, and so that's really unique to to the medicine department here, um, and that's not always the case in other clinics. And the same with surgery; I think it's sort of really geared towards surgery. Not all of our interns or fellows go on to do residencies, but certainly a lot of them do. I think they apply here and come here thinking that's what they are going to want to do. And I think the majority of them do end up going on to do internal medicine residencies somewhere either in the United States or or overseas. And we certainly try really hard to help them get there, as does the surgery department. And I think the field department does a really great job in sort of for lack of a better word, grooming the veterinarians, the interns to get wherever they want to go in life. Um, and some of them have gone on to do residencies as well in theory or sports medicine or, or other areas. So I think that's uh, really cool. We do have sort of a I guess new-ish internship in the last, I think this is the first year we did it, that's more of a rotating internship. Um, And one thing that's really cool about the medicine department is that we have an ophthalmologist, an equine ophthalmologist, and that is not something a lot of practices have at all, and especially an equine ophthalmologist. And so we created a sort of a rotating internship that spends a third of their time in the internal medicine department, a third of their time with our equine ophthalmologist, and then a third of their time with our sport horse uh, clinicians. And I think it's like the coolest internship. And if it had been available when I went through, I probably would have done it. Um, 
it, I think, sets you up to be just a really well-rounded equine clinician ready to see anything out in the world. And so this is our first year doing it. It's had its hiccups, but we're working through all those and hopefully we'll have even more applicants for that in the future because I think it's a really cool mix of specialties. And then, you know, we're, I think, all here working towards even more internships that maybe combine some of the specialties we have because we're really unique in our practice that we have so many different specialties available. And as well, Dr. Sandow mentioned, I'm not supposed to say that, but <laughs> um, just like uh, the field interns rotate through medicine and surgery, our medicine uh, interns and fellows can rotate through the other departments as well. And we also have a really cool relationship with the UK Diagnostic Lab. And so they can spend time at the Diagnostic Lab doing necropsies on horses, which doesn't sound fun and it sounds really stinky, but you learn a lot and it's a really cool opportunity to see a really high volume pathology lab in practice as well. And so I think that's pretty cool. Wow. There are always so many new aspects that come from these questions, right? I love that you were able to tell us more about the the boarded ophthalmologist that is on the team here at Haggard, as well as that internship opportunity that is, you know, basically a shared time between three departments. What a unique opportunity. So I think those are the things that really open the eyes of our listeners when they're, you know, we know how it is. We, we go through school and you think that there are these three or four opportunities and then all of a sudden your world starts to be, oh, I, I didn't know I could do that. You know, I didn't know that I could just be an ophthalmologist for horses. So those are unique opportunities. The other, I think, again, wow factor, the partnership with UK. Uh, again, unique to Central Kentucky, but the partnerships that have been brought up through the Spirit of Haggard podcast uh, are tremendous. And so that specific partnership and getting students to the diagnostic lab, um, those are opportunities that are, you know, hard to find in a lot of places. So very unique and, you know, certainly worth celebrating. So thank you. Now, one other word that both of you have shared with us today is the word mentor. And that theme continues to present itself through this podcast, no matter what service or uh, opportunity we're discussing. So I want to spend just a minute there and maybe give our listeners a look at the mentorship opportunity that happens here. I tend to call mentors, maybe at this stage of my career, my heroes, because I can look back and recognize that I, I probably didn't name them a mentor at that moment, but now I can look back and say that they certainly were. So as a student may consider coming to Haggard, uh, talk to me uniquely from your perspective then about the mentorship that occurs here at Haggard in your definition. Dr. Sandow? Sure. So, you know, when I think of a, a mentor, you know, for me, it's somebody I can go to with a question, whether it be, you know, how to treat a horse or, you know, a particular case that I'm kind of stuck on and don't know the next step with, how they do a certain procedure, you know, would kind of be the, the go-to kind of off the cuff, you know, more medicine or, or surgery related topics. But more than that, it's, you know, how they deal with the, the day-to-day stuff that kind of the personal issues, you know, the long hours, the difficult clients, how they get through those things. And the fact that they've done it for so long, especially some of the 
surgeons here, um, it's great to get that feedback from them and get that guidance. And it's one thing that I've, I've never, for any question I've had, as remedial as it might be, have never felt that they were offended or, you know, they, they always welcomed that information or sharing that information. And it's the door's always been open. You know, those folks are always available. And to me, that's that's more of what the mentor is in, in my experience. And it's been invaluable for, you know, treating a horse and getting through a day and, or dealing with things that, that don't go well, you know, getting their feedback from that. So I love that. Um, to repeat your words, it, it is invaluable for... Oh, a young veterinarian yeah. or even me as a surgeon now, um, yeah. having that mentorship, you know, especially like I said, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times I'm kind of shy and introverted, but at first you can feel a little intimidated to go approach somebody with those questions, but they, they definitely welcome that and, and that's what they're here to do. And as much as they enjoy, you know, doing surgery on horses, they do enjoy you know, bringing young veterinarians along and trying to guide them in their career. Awesome. I love that. Dr. Brown? So for me, mentorship is is really important. Um, And I think for young equine veterinarians, mentorship should be probably the number one thing that they look at when looking for internships because it is truly what's going to separate a good internship from one that is maybe not so good. And it's funny that you call your mentors heroes because I also do. And I was like pretty shell-shocked when I came here because I finally got to work with some of my heroes in veterinary medicine and internal medicine, like the people that wrote the textbooks and the people I looked up to and the people that I never thought I would get to say I worked with. And so that was really exciting for me. As far as mentorship from from the medicine department, I think what we try to do at least is round with our interns and fellows. So we do case rounds in the mornings typically. Each of the medicine doctors have a little bit different hours. And so depending on who you have cases with, it will vary as to what time of day they will be rounding with their patients. I'm a morning person, so I get in pretty early and I round with my cases. Um, And we typically round with whoever is available. So if there's a fellow that's on emergency and is dealing with an emergency, then we'll take the other fellows that are available and sort of walk through the barn, do our ultrasounds, other diagnostics, look at blood work, and actually try to talk through some of those cases together as a group. And the other medicine doctors do the same thing. And so that time one-on-one time with the clinicians is really invaluable. And then sort of later in the afternoon, we may do another sort of set of walkthrough rounds to go back through the cases and look at everything. We also uh, do a journal club. So on Thursdays at lunchtime, and one thing that like COVID really did positively for us is teach us how to use Zoom really well. And so now um, it used to be we all met in like this closet in medicine and we talked about a, a journal article. And now we get to sit at our, you know, cozy desks and we're all, um, able to do this on Zoom, which allowed us to open it up to the whole practice. And so we send out a Zoom link with the article a couple days before. It is open to every single doctor in the practice. And one of our medicine fellows presents uh, or interns presents a a recent medicine-related article that usually is related to one of the cases in the hospital. And then it's open to questions or comments. And so sometimes we have 15, 20 people on those Zoom uh, meetings. Sometimes we have three or four. Um, but they are sort of exposed to um, how to present an article and how to talk to other doctors, how to field questions from other doctors. And then uh, they, 
I don't know, I think it's a really unique opportunity for them. Um, and so not one that a lot of internships have. That's tremendous. And and I think really kind of bringing that journal club to life, right? We can talk about those opportunities, but you know how you describe it and the collaboration that goes into the education that occurs during an internship here at Haggard. So that's tremendous. Um, we, we've covered a lot today. And I always also like to kind of bring it back to the student, right? So the objective behind the spirit of Haggard is those that have an interest in equine veterinary medicine. We want to fuel that interest, right? We want to continue to attract talent and retain talent and encourage young people to pursue careers in equine veterinary medicine. Is there any final thoughts that each of you have as far as sharing the the good, the bad, the ugly, as we might call it, right? The excitement of equine veterinary medicine and the opportunity that it presents you have chosen this as your career. You have outlasted the current retention rate of five years, you know, of an equine veterinarian. So tell us why. So for me, I would say it's you never know what's going to come in the door or what you're going to see that day. And one of my mentors here has said, you know, your last day of practice, you'll still see something new. And one of the great things about Haggard, it's a very innovative place. And the surgeons are, and or all of us are always trying to come up with a new way to do something. So we're always kind of pushing the envelope and very lucky to learn from people that have done that for many years now to adopt the way that's how people do certain surgeries. You also don't know what horse is going to walk in the door, which can be exciting for different reasons, sometimes not too exciting if you're, you know, things aren't going well, um, which can happen. But this place, it's it's very special to me. You know, it's it's offered a lot of opportunities to meet people from all over the world, to see a lot of surgeries that you otherwise wouldn't see as a student. And the, the neat thing is if you see a really interesting case, you might see the same thing again that day. Whereas in other places or other practices, you might see it once or twice a year. Here you might see it several times in a week. And you never know what it's going to be. You might have a day scheduled and think everything's going to be smooth sailing. And, you know, you could have three or four colics come in the door or three or four dystocias. It's uh, you just kind of never know what it's going to be. And for the student or intern, that it's really I really enjoy seeing them light up whenever there is something new coming in or, you know, we've been working all night and we get another emergency and you know, everybody's excited for the next one just because you you just never know what it's what it what's gonna show up. Okay. And that's your why. You like the excitement of the surgery. I love it. Okay. Dr. Brown, what's your why? So my why is I just love what I do. Like I think that we have the coolest job in the world. I um, am one of the weird people that you know, just wanted to be a vet my whole life. I wanted to work with baby horses. I just wanted to do this and I get to do it every day now, which is really cool and exciting. I think that uh, the other part of the why is the team. I think that I am just so lucky that I get to work with some of the amazing people I work with and they really keep me afloat. So the days that are really tough and there are so many tough days, I can turn to so many different people uh, at this practice that will help me get through that tough day. 
and they are by my side. They're supporting me. They're giving me advice. They are uh, giving me tissues when I'm crying in my office. They are also on the other side of the spectrum. They're with me to celebrate the wins, and there are a lot of wins as well. And for me, having that support system all the time is 100% why I chose this practice and why I still am at this practice uh, because I just think that the group of people we've sort of put together here is incredible and I don't think I could do my job without them anymore. And that's not only the veterinarians, but the support staff that we have. And they just do a remarkable job helping us get through each day. So the excitement of the job is phenomenal, but the team I have that helps put me together on a daily basis and helps me deal with the challenging cases, answers the phone at 3 a.m. when they're not on call, but I have a tough case. That's sort of my why. Um, I get to help baby horses every day and I get to do it surrounded by amazing people. It couldn't have been said better. I love that. Uh, Folks, this, you know, this podcast just continues to wow us and we really learn more and more about the magic behind the spirit of Haggard. So I am your host, Jody Lynch Findlay. I have a huge gratitude to both of you today, Dr. Cole Sandow, Dr. Nemette Brown. Thank you for the time, for sharing so many insights into both of your experiences, but also your journey, right? The journey that brought you um, here today and to a very successful career with Haggard in equine veterinary medicine and for sharing with our listeners um, what that looks like. So thank you both. And with that, we always like to close our podcast by giving cheers to the spirit of Haggard. Cheers. Thanks, Jody. Thank you very much. Thank you.